Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're going to be South Sour Girlies. Chicago, come to the South Side. Like Fantasy Island. With your South Siders, Shane Reardon and Gabe Ramirez. We're excited. It's going to be a good time. Go White Sox. So I don't think that, that since the White Sox quit on the season and the hmm. White Sox quit on each other and on the fans, why do we have to do this for our fans? Why can't no. we just quit on our fans? If that's the example that's being set for us as you're shoving eggs in your fucking mouth in the yeah. first 30 seconds of this recording, yeah. um, why can't we just stop? I mean, we can't care more. We care more about the team than they, than they do. What's going on right now? Yeah. That's what it feels like. I, I'll tell you what, Gabe, and this is the Southsiders podcast for anybody oh, yeah. who is just hearing this without first clicking on it. I guess we have to establish ourselves and who we are. Uh, my name is Shane Reardon at Shane underscore Reardon on Twitter. At Shane's Meet on Instagram, that is Gabe Ramirez at Chicago underscore Gabe, who's now just eating a piece of white bread. I don't even think that was toast. I don't think it was toasted. I think that was just white bread. Definitely. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> what are you oat doing? Oat nut bread. Dude, oat you know how much that weighs? Okay, huh. let's, let me ask you this. You're a younger guy. Yeah. You know, what you weigh right now, Yeah. is it the, is it the most you've ever weighed? Or is, is it no, like... No, I'm at like... I'm a little heavier than I was at this point last year. I'm at like 230, 235 right now. I, I, I've been 260, 265. Really? Yeah. yeah. Last year, I was probably at 220 by right now. When were you 260? College. Like my, my freshman, sophomore year of college. Like pounding brews and not Dude, I was, I was a chunky boy, man. I was okay. I was a lot heavier than I am now. Um, it, okay. But it, I, I, I think I'm down like five in the last – two weeks or so so it's I'm getting from the stress of the white Sox. that and just not eating that's my my you're talking about a diet where you're eating this oat nut bread my diet is just hey man don't eat don't eat okay yeah. i uh this is the most i've ever weighed in my entire life okay 225 i've never ever weighed over 220 i've always i've always hovered around like the between 195 and 205 yeah and then second baby came and like, you know, you got a beautiful wife, you got a house, you got a car, you got a job. And you're just like, my wife's never going to listen to this podcast. I don't care about women no more. I don't care how I look, you know what I mean, to anybody. Like, I really just don't care. But then you do your Bears Unleashed show, my show on Fox TV, and then you watch one episode and you're like, ooh, 
Yeah. That doesn't look good. <laughs> it, it doesn't help that you're standing next to Corey Wooten, who's still fucking jacked. Dude, so jacked. So and jacked. Just, and Anthony Heron, who's like, yeah. just like a, a, he's one big muscle. Yeah. <laughs> just like, he's a mountain of a man. Like, and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'm not even like the in shape sports guy on Fox, right? Like, I'm like the chubby, like, <laughs> beer drinking Chicago fan. Like, that's yeah. who I am on TV. And I'm like, okay. all right, I gotta. I gotta change this. So, 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 I'm, so I'm resorted my to macro oat nut bread. Huh? You you resorted to oat nut bread then? No, 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 no. I I can eat. I'll eat anything. My wife is a nut when it comes to particular types of bread. She's a, a, a bread snob. So I stop buying the bread in the house. Yeah. Because if I do, she'll just be like, I, I don't like this one. Or I think I'll buy one that I think she likes, and it'll just sit there. Yeah. And I'm like, babe, I thought you wanted this one with the, with the multi-grains and the 12 vitamins on it or whatever. She's like, yeah. no, not that one. So the bur- blueberry oat nut is what I have to eat because it's my wife's. But I need some nice. I need some damn carbs because that's what it is. Do you know our bread situation in America where if people outside the country have American bread, they say it just tastes like cake? Like we put so much sugar into really? our processed bread here. So I'm on board with your wife's school of thought. Like get pay more for the really good shit because they don't put extra sugars and, and stuff okay. like that and, and that good stuff. Yeah. I love those. I love those uh, memes on Instagram where they'll show you the, the food in the United States versus the food. Yeah. Overseas, and they'll show you all the ingredients that are missing. It's like, no wonder we're, no wonder I'm two twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> we are just a, we're a massive country. Right. I gotta be honest, though, my, the number one thing I miss the most is beer. Cause like, I get it, man. Shots, drinks, alcohol. Like, that's cool. People like it, whatever. I really like beer. Like, I don't, I, I'm not ashamed to say it. I enjoy drinking a lot of beer. Like, I'll drink eight, 10 beers and I really like it. Like, I like, I like hazy IPAs. I like my triple, my triples. I like my double IPAs. I don't like regular IPAs, but I like high ABV beers. Like, I just like good. And, and my favorite is beers that taste like beer. Like a real pilsner, not like a light watery pilsner, but like a German pils. Like that's my fucking jam right there. And to not have to drink that, and I got to be like sipping on like Bacardi Eight, like neat. It's like it's cool, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. It's a little harsh. You know what I mean? Do you like uh? Do you like High Life? I think that's my favorite. favorite Dude, I fucking message. love High Life. What are you okay. talking about? Can you drink it you out of High Life? Though? I know like High Life stands will only drink it out of bottles. Yeah, I've I've seen that. I've seen that before too, but I don't care. Give me a 30 pack. Yeah. Like, God, I love give me a 30 pack, put it on ice and let's party all day. I, yeah. I, I could start drinking high lifes in the morning on like a Wednesday if I, yeah. if I wanted to and just oh, yeah. power through the day. And it's just like, it's the same thing as people who microdose shrooms, right? If you're yes. taking, you're microdosing shrooms in the morning to get rid of your anxiety. What if my microdosing shrooms is just a 30 rack of high life? Yeah. And, and, and the thing is like, once you like, like high life itself, you know, people like to, you know, what is this called? Whatever, do their nose at that or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, dude, that's the beer that tastes like beer. Like yeah. it genuinely, it's like that's a good beer. I, I like the champagne of beers. I have yeah, zero beautiful. problem with it whatsoever. But you know who's not drinking the champagne of beers? Celebrating uh, a division title th- this this week, and that's the Chicago White Sox game. Dude, why were why were the Cleveland Indians being such assholes? I don't know if they're being assholes. I, I, I think being assholes. You're, you're you're being an asshole. Enjoy your moment. Don't fucking bring us into it. Well. I think it's hard to avoid that when every national pundit and every baseball talker in America 
had the White Sox as the division champions. There was nobody worth worth their salt of anything that yeah. picked the Indians or the Twins, the Guardians or the Twins, whatever, 2022, get canceled for anything uh, uh, to, to win that division. Nobody. So I kind of liked the the in the background of the clubhouse here in the fire Tony thing and the fuck the White Sox thing. Like, Dude, they're so being brutal. competitors. I got, I got no problem with it. What I do have a problem with, and I thought it was fucking stupid, was when they did that little photo shoot on the oh. field this this past week or uh, last weekend with the uh, everybody dressed up as, as prisoners and like hey we caught up that was so stupid not even creative it was, so it was just stupid like something like that like you, I, I think back to Joe Madden and having the guys dress up during their championship run like That's that fun. was fun that was fun that made sense like this one's felt like you know how like sometimes the non cool guy comes up with an idea and then everybody's like all right and he's like no i bought all the i bought all the uh the jail uniforms already <laughs> and then you're like all right whatever bro let's just put it on i'll take the picture and you don't realize that everybody's gonna be like oh you guys are fucking lame because that's what it, that's what it looks like like you guys are fucking lame but speaking of being canceled in 2022 what do you think about the backlash they got because it was the two white dudes that were dressed up as cops yeah i, I mean there should have been a little bit more foresight there. Um, you probably should have picked not Trevor Maley and uh, yeah, right. whatever the fuck, it, whoever the fuck it was. Um, yeah, I, you, prob- you probably should have gone a different route. But I, 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 I look it. I'll be the person of color that says, dude, I don't go fuck. Like, I get it. They were just exactly. taking a picture, right? Like, they weren't out there like, okay, should it be in people's minds to maybe have a filter? Yeah, but can you even even if you do have that filter, can't you can you still be like, yeah, whatever, bro? I just I want to be the cop today, or I want to be the yeah. Like, like, yeah, I agree with that. So if I they were I out mean, there really, like holding a gun to Jose Ramirez's head or something, then or or kneeling on his back, right? Then, yeah, right, that, right. That's, doing some that's dumb a- shit like that, but like nobody gave a fuck. They were trying to prove a point. Willie, I hate them. I hate the Guardians. And you want want to know what bothers me the most is that. Half this White Sox team isn't going to be back with the same with that sting. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to yeah. feel that next no. year because it's going to be a new team. So they're not going to care. Don't you, you think? Um, d- d- does this this version of the Guardians kind of feel like the early two thousands Twins to you? No, because that's what it feels like to me. No, no you hate the not. Guardians more. No, no, I think the Twins is a way better team. But I think no, they- no, not in terms of ability, but just how much they bother you and pick at you as a White. Oh man. no. The twins were so bothersome. The twins were like, the twins, the twins, the, the twins felt unbeatable during yeah. that run. Yeah, the Guardians don't feel that way. They just, they, the, it feels more like the Sox just sucked instead of back then where the Twins just proved, you know, with Santana and everybody, like we're better than you guys. Yeah, and then and you, the Sox thought they were better than them, and this year is more like we, we should be better than you guys. You guys just fucking. You guys are a 500 team. It doesn't matter. Like you're still like a couple games above 500. It's not like you're a good team. You know? Yeah. Those like, days were winning 90 games. When it was Michael Kadire, Joe Maurer, Justin Morneau, back oh to back God. to back, and those. Two. Oh my God. God! It was that. That was that. But that's what it feels like now. Just with the worst players that still beat the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, <laughs> like it's just Jose Ramirez and the guys. Yeah, <laughs> they're not a good team. No, I have no. It's the difference is the manager, Terry Francona. Yes. has has taken a largely below average group of baseball players and made them division champions. 
Was there a, was there an opportunity for the Sox to get Francona? Yeah, right. Yes. Uh, yeah, like, just like seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I remember this, and I'm yeah. like, why did seven eight years ago? It's like, and of course, we go with the obscure guy instead of like the surefire guy who's won a World Series. Yeah, and I don't want I don't want the talk to start of hey, you would have sat Tony down three four months ago. Look what Miguel Cairo could have done to this team. Shut the fuck up. They've lost five in a row. They've yeah. lost what nine of their last ten or something like that or whatever. I'm not even paying attention anymore. We went on Saturday and didn't even watch the game. Like we left in the sixth inning. Okay. Left in the sixth fucking inning. And I tell you what, Gabe, leaving that park on Saturday night in the sixth inning was the biggest sense of relief I have felt in okay. so long. The feeling more about euphoric. Driving out a lot B on Saturday was the best feeling I've felt in regards to White Sox baseball in six months. Is it because you didn't have the pressure on you or or what? what because, was it? because I don't have to care about them for the next four months, five months. Okay. Okay. You can shut down completely. I don't give a fuck about them right now. Yeah, They're not occupying any space in my brain when this podcast is done recording. I'm done with the White Sox. Let me- Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus let me ask you this because this is something that I've, I've been mulling over. Who do you love on the White Sox still? Keyword, still at the end of that sentence. Jose Abreu. That's it. Dylan Cease. Still, Lance Dylan Lynn. Cease. But yeah. out of the guys who, who play every day, I mean, Jose Abreu played 100 and he's played 150 games this year. Dog. I love Jose Abreu. Comes through whenever you need him. That's it. He's such a White Sox. He's such a he's such a Paul Canerico type guy where you're like, you're so good and you come through and we just can't get the right guys around you. Yep. Like, you know, and Paul Paulie obviously, you know, 2005 got a great, great group of guys around them, guys that were cool. And yeah, man, I, I you look at Jose Abreu and you hear all the talks like, is this his last game? Is it whatever, whatever? And I'm just like, dude, you want to look at a guy that 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 has held you down, held your franchise down? It's Jose Abreu. So I'm glad that you said that you still got love in your heart for him. Dylan Sees. Still is there left, anybody man. for you, any position player that you still feel like you can be a fan of? I like Eloy. And the reason why is because his power. And I touched on it, you know, in, a, in an earlier podcast where I said, you know, when he puts the ball in the bat, he has that Mike Trout type of ability to like put that bitch out of the park. And I just don't see that going away. And it sucks that he's injured all the time, right? That fucking sucks. But... I don't know him as a person. I like his. I like his personality. I like his character. You know what I'm saying. I, I like. But how he holds I think of White Sox. 
Is Eloy Jimenez a White Sox? No, because he could do that on the Braves. He could do that on the Royals. Like he doesn't. I, I, it, like Paul Jose Obrero loves it here. AJ Brzezinski, Paul Canerco, Mark Burley, Jim Tomey, um, yeah. Alexi Ramirez, Joe Creedy, Juan Uribe. Those are White Sox. Yeah. Those guys, yeah. I think back, and I, man, fuck. They weren't the most talented team in the world. They weren't the most talented Grinders. players in the world. But they showed up every goddamn day. No creedy. Saw them playing hard. Aaron Rowan. Aaron Rowans. Like those are guys. Yeah, you're right. Look at how I'm smiling a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> those guys are like, and, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to like we're not there in the clubhouse. We're not there in the weight room. We're not there in the dugout. I'm not saying that the, these guys don't care about the game and, no. and they're they're just they're they're lollygagging, but there's some prima donna, there's some prima donna in that locker room. Yeah, and, and and I hate to say that, right? Because we're fans of the team, we like the guys, but you—it's hard to describe that team in any other way when you're looking at the talent they're supposed to have and the inability to come out every day and have fire. Like there, there needs someone needs to light the fire for them instead of them just having that passion and that fire deep down within. I think that so to me that equates to like a little prima donna. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, post Madonna right now, she's looking pretty good. By the way, she's. She's a whack job, dude. Um, hey, she's thicker than this. All right, so <laughs> I think we're going to see some major overhaul of this roster come next season. So you think – hey, hold on, because this is a good question. So you think that there's no way the Sox can come out or they shouldn't come back with the same team and try to run it back and just add a couple pieces? No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, a lot of that's unavoidable, but I hope they bring Elvis Andrews back to play second base full-time next year. If, if, love that if Romy Gonzalez can't – like, it, it – it, I mean, he's going to be on the team because Danny Mendick won't won't start open the year with the team. But Romeo will be there. But I hope they bring Elvis Andrus back. I think they're going to trade Gavin Sheets and not Andrew Vaughn. I think Yasmani Grandal is going to be welcomed back for the final year of his career. But his leash is going to be shorter than ever. And they might just end up – might be a Dallas Keuchel situation where they end up paying him to go away. That kind of thing. Yeah. Obviously, Luis Roberts is going to be back. T.A. will be back. The entire pitching staff outside of, I don't know if Giolito is going to be back. I think they might try to see what they can get for Giolito. Um, I'm hoping Andrew Vaughn is the is the opening day and starting right fielder or, or left fielder. And they just give him the entire winter and spring to work on becoming an outfielder because Jose Abreu's got a DH or Eloy's got a DH. Like, Andrew Vaughn. I don't want Andrew Vaughn on the team. I don't. And I said at the beginning of the season – I I thought the Sox should have traded him. You don't want him uh, on the team. I mean, if you're asking me who I want instead, if I want Gavin Sheets or Andrew Vaughn, I'm not saying who's better. I'm saying who do I want on the team? I think you just touched on it, right? If you're keeping Jose Abreu, if you're keeping Eloy Jimenez, if you're keeping Yasmani Grandal for one more year, like Andrew Vaughn doesn't fit into that equation, right? And so if you can get something for Andrew Vaughn, like a starting pitcher, for me, that, that that's more valuable than having an Andrew Vaughn and having a clog in your first base left field DH, you know, rotation. And like, like I said, I mean, I don't know. That That's my opinion. I'm, I, 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 that's how I feel. Why, you know? why sheets over Vaughn though? He's got less positional versatility and he's yeah. not a contact hitter. Yeah. I think, I think it's for me, it's about a better defensive outfielder. That's lefty bat that can hit you home runs. Right. And and, and I don't want, I, I'm, you know what I'm tired of Shane fucking versatility. I'm tired of 
of Lori Garcia's. I'm tired of fucking well, guys. That, that I think that, that's a problem that's going to go no, away. No, no, I'm, I'm, but I'm, but I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the concept of having these guys that you're constantly rotating, right? Cubs dealt with that at the tail end of their window where they were just shifting Chris Bryant around everywhere. No, give me my fucking three outfielders. Give me my infielders. That's my team. Let's ride it out. And if injuries happen, if you got to sub guys out, then we have guys for that, right? I don't want to... Who were we playing? You know how many different lineups the White Sox had this year? It was kind of fucking annoying to me. Like, like seeing 35 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's insane in 165 games, right? So it's like, so, so that's why. It's about because I know I can get more in return from Andrew Vaughn than I can Gavin Sheets. It's about I know Gavin Sheets plays a better defensive right field, that he can put the ball out of the yard, and he's going to continue to get better. So for me, that's the reason why I like get Andrew Vaughn out, free up my DH spots because I do want Jose Abreu back. Because that's the thing: if you keep Vaughn, then you're you're probably going to get rid of Abreu. No, well, so, well, here's but here's the thing, though, man. I understand where you're coming from, but you have to think of the future a little bit. And if you see Andrew Vaughn as the cornerstone of an organization like they did when they drafted him out of Cal so high, and you see that, hey, this is a little off year in terms of power numbers for Andrew Vaughn, but we know what we have in him and all the signs are there that he can be that player. You're probably only keeping Jose Abreu for one more year anyway. So if you bring Jose Abreu back, it's on a one-year deal and then he'll likely retire. And then first base is wide open and Andrew Vaughn is likely going to be your first baseman for the next 11 to 12 years. If he's the player that they expect him to be. And I don't see why he wouldn't be. So I understand what you're saying, but if we're thinking long-term and security of the position and the organization for the next 10, 11, 12, 13 years, I don't think Andrew Vaughn's going to go anywhere. I understand that he, he would get you back more than Gavin Sheets would, but I think lefty power bats are a hot commodity in baseball, and I think that Gavin could get you back more than you think he could. Okay. Okay. I, I could I, be I wrong, hearing, but I, I love I hearing that. a better future in the organization for Andrew right. Vaughn than I do Gavin Sheets. We can't preach – going all in and trying to win when your window's open and then at the same time try to manage the team for the next 10 years in my yeah. mind right so to me i'm like hmm if i'm trying to i'm cuz in my mind i'm trying to win next year right so yeah, of course. in my mind i'm like if jose is there if eloy's there if luis is there we got some power we got was, you know we got we got some guys to round it out and if i if i can get what we where we struggled this year in terms of injuries granted was on the field with some of our position players but it was also with fucking our pitchers, dude. We had good pitchers, but how? How? I would. I wish somebody could pull up, like, when our starting rotation was healthy. Like, how many times did that happen? Like, over. You know what I'm saying? Like, when it was Cease, Kopech, Giolito, Lynn, and Cueto, those five guys. Like, how many times throughout the year did they? Those five rotate through three times, probably yeah. once. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 so I think you know when I look at that, I'd say okay. I would have loved the Frankie Montas in that rotation to solidify it in the event of those injuries or when Kopech goes down or something like that. Like somebody fucking solid, right? Oh, like, Carlos, I, I put in, Carlos, like a Carlos Rodon, exactly. And so when, when I think about that and I think about how are we winning next year, I, I, I still think you, we need an ace. I, I, I don't care we got them and C's. I, I still think you need a, an ace-type caliber pitcher. And then you need to unclog some of the fucking mushy middle that is the White Sox lineup and rotation. There's too much of like gunk there. You got to just take some of it out so that it could be clean and, and, and definitive on who, what your roles are and where you're going to be playing every day. I not, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about it now and I don't understand how 
like it, it didn't look as clogged this, it, it looked very clogged, but it didn't look as clogged as it could have looked because there were so many fucking injuries. Right. So I'm thinking come <laughs> April 1st or whatever, let's, let's assume everyone's healthy in Eloy, Luis Robert, AJ Pollock, Jose Abreu, Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, Tim Anderson. Let's assume they're all healthy. Sexy team. Yeah, technically, but <laughs> on what team in Major League Baseball is Eloy Jimenez and Andrew Vaughn, are they platoon players? Because you simply don't have enough positions next year. Yeah. You have too many players and not enough positions for them to play in every single day. And the only way that a guy like Andrew Vaughn is ever going to become anything in Major League Baseball is if he plays every single day. And I yeah. understand that the legs prevented him from doing that this year. But even so, if both Andrew Vaughn and Eloy Jimenez were healthy the entire year, where are they playing? Where are they playing? You got a bad outfield if you got both of those guys playing every and day. Part of the problem is how often you had to DH Yasmani Grandal this year. Yeah. Like, I, I said it already that, that I think he'll be back and he'll have a short leash. But but he shouldn't be back. No. Like, that's your biggest problem. You need a catcher who's a fucking catcher, a yeah. catcher who's going to catch every single day or at least six out of seven days. I'm so you don't up. have to then put him in the DH spot every other fucking day because the guy can't play a day game and then a night game the next day or a Which night is, game and then a day game the next day. That terrible. was the biggest problem this year. I was I was looking up James McCann stats, but he's batting 188 this year. So. Yeah, he's been bad. He's, with, two I, I, home, with two homers. <laughs> Eek. That was terrible. All right. Well. Yeah, man, it's tough. It's a tough position to get. I mean, obviously the the powers that be thought they, you know, solidified that position and, and really had some some clarity there. But Ugh. but but I think you bring up a great point. And it's that it's that even if all these guys are healthy, right? In a perfect Chicago White Sox world, where the fuck are you putting these guys? Like where where are you putting them? You're not, you know, you look at some of the best teams in baseball, everyone knows where they're playing. And like in, in the middle of the at the all-star break, teams that were making the playoffs were like, if we make the playoffs. We already know what our starting line is going to be. We already know who's going to be in these positions. And, and like you mentioned, granted, injuries have a lot to do with it. But even if they were all healthy, you still wouldn't know. Like, we, we'd debate it. It'd be debatable. Like, what, what are you going to do in all these positions? And, and that, that's, a, that's a big issue, man, with, with this whole thing. You think Tony's coming back? That's no. It. No, right? No. 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 And, and Rick will be back in the same role. Kenny will be back in the same role. The issue here is not Rick. I mean, it is the, the fact that next year you've got $18 million allocated for Jake Diekman, Joe Kelly, and um, or Jake Diekman, Joe Kelly, and Larry Garcia in, in one year. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that the money so that they wrong. spent on the bullpen and, and gave Larry Garcia for one postseason home run is insane. And that's a horrible decision by Rick. Rick's going to get some help. They're going to elevate Chris Getz. Rick will still be with the organization. He's not going to have to worry about scouting players as, and, and free agents as, as much as he used to. I think Chris Getz is going to be bumped up because he'll use the open GM position in Detroit to leverage a raise, a, a promotion in Chicago. Um, but that part of the organization is going to stay pretty much the same and, and fans aren't going to be happy with it. And, and they're not really, they're not really wrong since Rick Hahn told people to talk to him after the parade or ask him after the parade, the White Sox have one playoff win. So, mm -hmm. If you're gonna talk that big game and whip your dick out, then I want to see 
I want to see the results. And, and Rick is going to look in the mirror this offseason and realize that that he needs more help than maybe he thought he did. And the White Sox will correct that and they'll give him the help that he needs. It's just you got to be the biggest message going into this offseason is Jerry, you have to be willing to spend. You have to be willing to spend on premium talent and you have to be willing to separate yourself with guys that maybe can't be around anymore. Yeah. And that's something that this organization just doesn't do very often. Yeah. And I think absolutely right. I think if you are going to try to win with this team, then you have to learn from your mistakes this year and you have to be able to say, okay, fuck it. I'm willing to give up these pieces. I'm willing to give up some young guys. I'm willing to give up some, what I think are cornerstone members of the, of the franchise in order to put myself in the best position. If that means addition by subtraction, then so be it. You got, you can't, not everyone is going to have the recipe that the Cleveland guardians have this year or the twins have had in the past. And let's be honest, they might fucking bow out on the first series, you know, first series and get swept. They, two they, games. Probably will. they probably will. And so you can't compare yourself to that team or try to be that team because they're not even going to go deep in the playoffs. You need to compare yourselves to the Astros. You need to compare yourself to the Blue Jays, teams that are out there, to, to the Mariners, pe- teams that are making moves that their team is, you know, above average. The best quote I, I heard, somebody was talking about football this weekend. Man, I wish I could quote the guy correctly, but I don't know his name. But he said, there's a, a lot of people don't understand. There's a huge difference between good and great. There's a lot of good teams out there, but not a lot of great ones. And if you want to separate yourself, you have to do, you have to do things like that. Um, I'm going to say it actually in uh, the Yasmani Grandal is not going to be back. I, I know I, I said at, at the beginning, like I'm trying to convince myself that <laughs> they're going to give a veteran one more chance, but Yasmani Grandal is not going to be back. Walking That's papers, it. man. Walking huh? papers. Yeah. Let, give us walking papers. Cool. Jerry does, it, what worries me though is Jerry doesn't pay people to go away. And it, it, it kind of surprised me that they did with Keuchel. Um, but if they let, if they DFA Yasmani Grandal, I'll have a lot of faith restored. I'll put it that way. Yeah. That, that this organization is making the the necessary moves. Um, I don't think Sebi Zavala is your opening day starting catcher next year. No, he's a great um, backup. But Yasmani Grandal doesn't return next year, and I think that's my my biggest prediction. Um, and that's a boring prediction, but. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I want to talk about like gotta, free agent, possible free agent no, shit like that. Gotta, but you got to look at markers, Shane. You got to look at markers and you got to say, what are, what are, what are, what is a measuring stick? What is a, a, a marker of a good team? Yeah. And parting ways with Yasmani Grandel, that like a good GM would walk in and do that. Yeah. This is not the dude. And he's eating up a DH spot and it's just pay him, get him out. This is not what we needed. If we had a new GM, like Ryan Pace cleaning house, or excuse me, like Ryan Poles cleaning house. And that's what you would do. You're like, these guys aren't supposed to be here anymore. And that would be number one, dude. So I like it. And hopefully that happens so that that way this podcast could be a lot more exciting next year. What's your what's your big splash and, and who do you think is managing the team next year? Ooh. Fuck it. AJ Przinski. Yeah. Um, is managing the team. And he he brings back Giolito. And, and fixes his head because AJ's a catcher and he understands pitchers better than anyone else. And if there's one person that can speak that language, it is AJ Przinski. So that, there you go. That's my, that's my spiel. I talked to Alyssa Bergamini, okay. White Sox in-game host. And she said that AJ's always at the park and that he's the nicest dude in the world. And I love hearing that. And my AJ story goes like this. I think I said it on this podcast once before I caught his home run ball the year he hit the most home runs ever. 
and he gave me a fucking autograph ball in return instead of something else. So if he's the coach and we get to talk to him, Alyssa was like, oh, if you told him that story, he would totally hook you up. And I was like, I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. So there you go. That's Do you have a, a free agent splash or no. an acquisition or no? No, no, I don't. You don't have that I faith. Don't. I like. Yeah. I would like AJ Pruszynski. Um, I, I think that is a clear move that this organization would make. You know, they, they like their former guys. Um, but I had this weird feeling about Eduardo Perez. I think Eduardo Perez is going to leave the Sunday night broadcast booth. And I think that he's going to manage the White Sox in 2023. Oh, I, I just, I, I don't know what it is. It's a gut feeling. I don't have inside info on it. Um, but I think Eduardo Perez is the next move, although I would love AJ. Uh, now on to more important things. Tonight is the Media League 16-inch softball championship game with us, the Odyssey team, up against WGN Radio, the team that I started with uh, eight years ago in the Media League, where I cut my 16-inch softball teeth. None of those guys that are on that team now were on the team when I was – a few of them are. A couple of them. Um, but that's where I cut my teeth. We lost to them last year in the regular season. We beat them in the regular season this year, 7-2. to two, And they knocked out the Reader last week when we knocked out Axios and Justin Kaufman. So tonight at 8 o'clock at the Forest Park 16-inch Softball Hall of Fame, it's Odyssey versus WGN Radio. What are your thoughts, Gabe? Uh, I forgot to tell you, I can't show up today. Just kidding. Just kidding. That's not funny. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> um, I'll say this. Our game against WGM, probably our best defensive. And yeah. we've had some really good defensive games this yeah. year. Like, incre- like even our last game, incredibly, incredible defensively. But I, I know they're coming to play, man. Yeah, they, they're they, good. They, they look at us and they're like, we should – it's like that we lost in the regular season and now we're – you know, we should beat them in the championship kind of a vibe. So we got to have that same mentality like to kill them. Um, the good thing is we have we have really good offense. Uh, we have some really good really good offense and, and, and we could put up some runs. So if we can just score early, that's been our biggest issue these last couple of weeks, last month and a half, yeah. like not putting up a ton of runs early. I mean, we Except did – Except for the one game that we scored 13 in the first inning, but then like right. nothing from there on out. Yeah. Right. And that, and that was an anomaly. So I, so I look at that one. If we can just, you know, top of the order, you know, first five guys, if we can score one or two runs in the, top, in the first six guys, one or two runs, that's it. The first couple innings, first inning, then I feel like I feel really good about this game because I feel like they, they don't play well under pressure. Yeah. Um, they're young. They're young, half young and half really old. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they can hit, they can put the ball, you know, where they want. Got to get a good right fielder out there after playing right field last game. They hit a ton to me. So, I definitely got to yep. get someone there. Ryan can... Lang is back today, so I'm going to put him back. back in my yeah. Love yeah, Ryan Lang being back. Um, yeah. Uh, you're going to so... be upset with me, though. I'm, I'm not going to be hit... upset. You're going to be upset. You're going to be I'm upset hitting... at the end of the game. Dude, I can't, I can't not play the guys who have been there every single week. There's guys that show up every single week that you don't play. I know, but I've never played them. I'm just saying these guys have played all season. I'm just saying we've played, we've batted 12 guys. Cause we had 50 on the team. That's the only reason we batted 12 or else we bet 10 and rotate. Right. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So in this game, first of all, I know you saw my, I don't care if these guys listen to this podcast. Evan's my guy. Studs is my guy. I know you saw my face every time I would come up after those guys and they would pop up or they would make, I think they went over six last game. 
Yeah, and and uh, one of them dropped a routine fly ball in right field. Yeah, I'm just saying. So again, I'm 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 just saying that Ryan Lang in the lineup, Dom, you, me, Lawrence, like I don't know. I went three for three. I, I felt good. <laughs> I would love another at bat. I'm sure you would have. You you would have loved another at bat. So. I'm just saying, I get it. I get it. I, I mean, you made your decision. The, the, the bet is made, right? But when, when, but, but when, when uh, that big boy comes up, their center fielder, and he gets five at-bats, and, and, and he gets to fucking crush two homers. Johnny. You know, yeah, that dude's a monster. Yeah. And, and, and when their Wiley veterans come up five times to our two or three, I'm just saying. So, again, I'm not upset. Whatever, bro. I have confidence in our team still. That we'll score runs and play good defense. But if we yeah, don't, it's, it's but if we don't, it, I know it, it's a principal thing. We got here hitting 12 and because we're significantly have... better than every team in the league. Not because all oh, the 12 man lineup made us great because we're know. significantly better than everybody else. I know. And I think we should keep that same energy and keep that attitude going into it tonight. Uh, because although it makes more sense to hit our best 10, I can't. I won't be able to sleep at night if, if I I sit those guys after playing them the entire year. I hear you, man. I can't. I hope you sleep well with a second place trophy. <laughs> it's like funny. I try to I try to plug at Shane's fucking bravado, but it doesn't work, man. He's he's got a heart, man. This guy's got a heart here. That's, if there's one thing you got to learn, you can say what you want about Shane. You can listen to him on the radio. You could read his tweets. You could think what you want about him, but until you have a conversation with him, you realize this guy's a sweetheart, and he will not let that happen to anybody out there. So I respect him for that. For Gabe Ramirez and <laughs> producer Tyler, Butterball. don't tell people about my don't tell people about my soft side. <laughs> I think that's probably a pretty good uh, pretty good place to end it. I got to find a way to keep up this image. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. See you at the game tonight. Anybody coming out? Love you so much.